I'm thankful that you took time today to pull up a seat. I hope these few minutes together help you follow Jesus better by deepening your relationship with Him and helping you live intentionally for Him every day. In this episode, we wrap up our series on the Holy Spirit. As we end this series, I pray it has helped all of us deepen our understanding and enhance our experience of the Holy Spirit. The tradition that we grew up with has influenced our knowledge and experience of the Holy Spirit. In your tradition, there's probably some things that are true, and there might be some things that have got elevated or expanded. The problem is that we haven't put much thought into the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So let's quickly look at the views of the Holy Spirit and His work throughout church history. There have been four different understandings or interpretations of the Holy Spirit, four different views of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. The first claims that certain miraculous signs of the Holy Spirit ceased when the apostles died and the scripture or the canon of scripture was complete. It says that the miraculous happened to establish the foundation of the church and the miraculous manifestations of the Spirit are no longer necessary. This view is called cessationism. The second view, known as continuationism, believes the Holy Spirit and His gifts still continue today. Nothing in the Bible indicates that the gifts were temporary. According to this view, the gifts were given to the church for all time. The third view says that the manifestations of the Spirit show up in waves of revival and renewal to validate the movements of the Holy Spirit. And those miraculous signs and the Holy Spirit happen at significant times in church history, revival, renewal, um, to confirm the work of God. The fourth view, which I borrowed from J.D. Greer, can be described as open but careful. Because the Bible doesn't say the gifts are temporary, I'm very open to the works and gifts of the Holy Spirit today. On the flip side, I don't see everything as the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm careful not to see everything as a miraculous sign. Those four views are going to influence the way that we um, think about the Holy Spirit. As I prepped for this series, I noticed some things that caused me to question or think about how I view the Holy Spirit and how we have missed or maybe even messed up our experience of the Holy Spirit and His work. So here's some thoughts to help us biblically experience the Holy Spirit. The first thing, the Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than the Jesus beside you. I thank J.D. Greer for this phrasing. It reminds me of the words of Jesus in John chapter 16 verse 7. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Because I come from the tradition that has minimized the Holy Spirit or neglected him, I needed this reminder. The Holy Spirit is real and he's at work. He's not just a second class citizen in the Trinity. I need the Holy Spirit. He is inside of me. He empowers me to follow Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. Do not neglect Him. Second, we need to be more concerned with what Jesus thinks of us than what others think of us. 
the Holy Spirit is going to challenge us and guide us to do things that go against culture, that go against the norm. So we have to decide if we're going to let the opinions of others have more value than the opinion of Jesus. Are we going to do what the Holy Spirit directs us to do and please Jesus? Or are we going to go against the promptings of the Holy Spirit and please man? Following the Spirit is following Jesus. His opinion is the only one that matters. Don't value the gift over the giver. I'm not talking about the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the gifts from the Spirit. Do not value your gifts over the person and work of Jesus or the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The gifts from the Holy Spirit point to Jesus. Do not put the gifts over the giver of the gifts. Be careful not to elevate one gift over another. There's a place for all gifts. All gifts have value. Be very careful not to elevate this gift over that gifts. All gifts are for the building up of the kingdom and glorifying Jesus. When we elevate a gift over another, we distract from the person and work of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit brings both emotion and order. Because the Holy Spirit reminds us of who Jesus is, what Jesus taught, and what Jesus did, the Holy Spirit moves our emotions. We are emotional beings. When we remember what Jesus did for us, we should be emotional. On the flip side of that, the Holy Spirit also guides us. When I think of guidance, I think of boundaries and restraints. The Holy Spirit puts up boundaries to keep us on the right path. Next, make sure we emphasize both the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is responsible for both the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. I think both are important. Some traditions emphasize one over the other. The fruits of the Spirit are what the Holy Spirit works in all of us. The Holy Spirit is moving all followers of Jesus toward love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. At the same time, he gives he gifts us our spiritual gifts so that we can grow the kingdom of God. The gift of evangelism, the gift of exhortation. There's, there's about 20-something gifts, if I remember right. Both are important, so don't neglecting the fruits of the Spirit. Both are important, so get used to using your spiritual gifts to expanding the kingdom of Jesus. Next, you can't experience the Bible without the Spirit, and you can't experience the Spirit without the Bible. Stay in the Word of God. To wrap this series up, just want to remind us, Scripture isn't clear on some things. So be careful what you build your mindset or your tradition on. God did not answer all of our questions about the Holy Spirit. The spiritual gifts can be abused. In 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, Paul is trying to correct abuses of the spiritual gifts and a pride that developed over who had which spiritual gift. Also, check your motive. If you're doing things or wanting the Holy Spirit to do things so that you look good, your motive is wrong. My motive is wrong. 
the Holy Spirit is about glorifying Jesus. He gives gifts to glorify Jesus. The Spirit is manifested to bring glory to Jesus. Our motive in all things, especially in experiencing more of the Holy Spirit, should be to honor and glorify Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, Paul says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So, walk like you know Jesus, maintain unity, and be you. You and I can only do these things when we are walking in the Spirit. So continue to grow in your knowledge and experience of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Pull Up a Seat. If you've not yet subscribed, do that now so you can get content as soon as it comes out. Also, please help us get the word out by sharing on social media and inviting others to pull up a seat. Until next time, grow in your relationship with Jesus and find one way to live intentionally for Him. See you next time when we pull up a seat.